I don't know what other shows was on would be on that network. And my and guarantee so, is that every 10 minutes there was a commercial. So so follow the money. Somebody uh, is paying. Oh, come somebody on. Is, somebody so, is paying to allow him. If he had no financial support, he wouldn't be on the radio. That that's true. I get that. But let me ask you. So the 530 news that comes on NBC, CBS, and uh, ABC. ABC Fox. and okay, and Fox. Are those news shows or are those opinion shows? In my opinion, in my opinion, in your opinion, they are closer to news than opinion. Okay. And yet they have commercials. Correct. So why is that? Why are why are they not influenced by the commercials? They are influenced by the commercials. Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversations, a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same. Now, let's begin our conversation with your hosts, Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson. Welcome to Courageous Conversations. I'm one of the most courageous people in the world, Dr. Peter Weinstein, because I'm sitting here across from my courageous partner, Dr. Phil Nelson, to have an, a revisit of our courageous conversations. And thank you, Phil, and thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nationwide. Just living in this world right now with everything that's going on takes a lot of courage. But um, Phil, kick us off. I think you've got something on your mind. Oh, I always have some on my mind, Peter. But first of all, I just want to say hello again. And uh, I think we've been apart for about a week or so. I, I got a chance to go to Mississippi and visit my mother and uh, had a great uh, 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 visit uh, with my mother. And my wife had a great visit with her mother. Of course, you know, it's kind of like fish. After three days, you begin to smell. So uh, we stayed actually a whole week before and and then left. So they definitely don't need to see us for another year or two. But, you know, <laughs> while I was there, there are several things that are going on and, you know, that you wouldn't know about because of all of the world events. We finally elected a speaker of the house and he's already kicked things off with a bang, I understand. But uh, uh, that's not going to be the topic we want to talk about. Of course, there's always there's the Hamas Israeli war. Just those two events alone. And so you would know that there's a governor's race going on in Mississippi right now. Um, and the politics, you know, and, and the, the mud shoveling that's going on between the two major uh, combatants there, that was the major issue while I was down there. But then there was a little minor issue uh, that wasn't really an issue. I was, I was, uh, doing one of one of my mother's um, items on her honeydew list. And I had to go to Lowe's. And on the way to Lowe's, um, I was listening to a talk show uh, on, on the radio. I was just randomly checking out the stations and I got fixated on this one talk show uh, that was, uh, I think I was fixated on the, the uh, accent of the, of, the, of the Southern accent of the guy who was actually hosting this, this show. Um, and he mentioned the word DEI. And he said that when he comes, when he, when he came back from the commercial, 
he was going to tell us the secret of DEI. I was first rather surprised that this particular gentleman would actually wanted to talk about DEI. And then I realized, and then I began to suspect that it wasn't going to be complimentary. Uh, but that was me being prejudging and judgmental and uh, and by the way, also correct. <laughs> so I waited for the commercial and it came and went and then he came back and then said that DEI was nothing but a Marxist strategy to undermine democracy. That essentially, Russia had targeted minorities and women to receive the message of Marxism and through them receiving the message of Marxism, they would then make it acceptable through DEI. And it would become part of the fabric of our democracy and thereby undermining our democracy. And then he said, now the leaders of DEI don't know that they're doing this, that they've been hoodwinked. And of course we would accept it because of course we want to treat everybody nicely. And of course DEI has the, the correct superficial face of treating everybody equally. And it is through that insidious goal that Marxism is being spread. Well, you can imagine my shock, wonderment, all that anybody would actually promote this, let alone believe it. But then I was frightened by the fact that some people would probably just accept his rationale. Without, he didn't offer any proof. He did offer some examples, though. He did say that it was being effective. He said, look at, for instance, the... Air industry, the uh, airline industry, that many of the airlines have come out and they have said that they're going to be targeting minorities and women because they need pilots. And he said, now I'm not saying that minorities or women can't fly, but I am saying that we should be seeking qualified people, not minorities and women. I mean, trying to get a woman pilot, that's like hiring my wife to be a surgeon. You wouldn't hire my wife just because she's a, a woman to be a, a surgeon. So once again, I'm hearing the age-old trumpet story that just because I'm a minority or a woman, I can't be qualified. Or that a misrepresentation of a program that may be, that may be targeting minorities and women for training to become a pilot. He jumps all of that and just determines that they're hiring unqualified people to fly. Now, that doesn't make any business sense to me. You know, it would only take one plane crash to kill that program when someone discovered that the reason this person was a pilot was because this person was a minority or a woman and never had to pass a pilot license. It was, it was that type, type of strange bantering that came off as a popular talk show in Mississippi that still to this day bothers me. Dr. Nelson, 
Yes, sir. We've had this conversation for three years, and I think more recently I have commented that um, the world is being educated by what they listen to. In other words, their news source. Now, I don't know how long you listened to this individual in um, your drive time, but imagine the fact that there's probably two or three others who listen to him, maybe two or 3,000 others, and to them, his voice is gospel. And to you, his voice is heretical. How was that for a pull? How about that? Um, but this is what we deal with each day, every day. You just happen to fall into that station in Jackson. Now, let's assume you were in Reno. Let's assume you're in Ames, Iowa. Let's assume you are in Los Angeles and you didn't have preset stations on your 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 car radio you might have fallen into a similar station here might you not yes i might have so this is part of what we deal with and we have chosen you and i to listen to specific networks to get our information and there's a large population of people who have listened to mr conspiracy theory in jackson that ultimately will influence who they vote for, who they talk to, and what information they will believe. So first of all, he's convinced that we shouldn't be flying because they're decreasing the quality of their pilots. And he's talking about DEI as a Marxist strategy. All you have to do is hear it once. And if you believe in him, that is what you will believe in. The challenge that we have, you and I and others, is to bring people back from that hoodwinking, as you said, as the brainwashing and the cult of followers that we have created in this country, similar to the ones who listen to this individual or other individuals on both sides of the spectrum that are out there. I mean, we have, correct. I mean, that's my thought. So I hear you and, and believe me, there is a level of frustration that is in total agreement with your initial response. But I think it's a little too simplistic, to be honest. Uh, I'm not so concerned about the source as I am the potential for interpretation or the lack of potential is probably my greatest concern. I'm wondering how many people who heard that radio cast actually questioned it at all. None. I, first of all, I refuse to say that, because, to accept that none, because I was one of them, but Aside from me, I have to, I refuse to accept that because it would mean I might as well commit suicide, <laughs> you know, because. But he, he, here's my argument, Phil. Somehow you got looped in. Here's the difference between you and I. 
If I heard about 30 seconds of this guy, I would have changed the channel. Because I don't have any desire to hear what he has to say, especially based upon just the first few sentences you shared with me. You, on the other hand, were intrigued. Now, you were intrigued because you couldn't believe what you were freaking hearing. And you were listening to see if this was actually going to normalize in some way, shape, or form. Well, it normalized for the individuals who want to listen to it. But the difference between you and I is if I hear this station, I'm changing it. Yes, I understand. And and, and that's fine. You're right. I have, I have gained a macabre interest in these strange hallucinations that have taken root and taken form. What this guy said wasn't totally wrong. So those people who listen on both sides of the, the spectrum, who hear information on both sides, it is their responsibility to do the research and see what's fact and what's fiction. Now, nobody does that. So you hear it, you believe it, and then you listen for more. You become rabid in your desire to get more of this information because it feeds into what you want to hear. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I just, and maybe that's part of our goal is of, of this conversation, except the wrong people are, li are maybe listening to us uh, in terms of us having, having that imp the, imp the impact we're trying to have. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that it doesn't take a high school graduate to raise serious questions about some of these things. Um, uh, for instance, our new speaker promoted that a guy that has been dead for three years was responsible for changing uh, the voting machine so that Biden would win. You know, I mean, I mean, the guy that is now Speaker of the House actually pushed that agenda and said Chavez was responsible for changing our voting machines. A man that's been dead for 30 years. You know, I, and, 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 and because of that, and because he got nearly every Republican House member to sign a letter stating it, it provides legitimacy that the election was stolen. Well, you know, we could get into a deeper discussion of how and why he was chosen and why he is the chosen one, because he truly doesn't represent the Republican Party. He represents the interests of one individual who is the puppet master for the Republican Party. Or the puppet master of the MAGA segment of the Republican Party. Correct. I, Which, I, do, I do understand all that. I didn't mean to introduce him to discuss the, the politics of how he was selected or why he was selected. I merely mentioned it to show how easy it is to raise questions that should cause somebody to do the research that you were talking about. That it does, I mean, all it, all it takes is a, is a brain. It's too much work. 
It's much easier to listen and be absorbed than it is to do the research. I mean, we can look, we can look I, at you know, even if I don't do the research, there are certain things that just don't make sense that would cause me not necessarily. Maybe I, maybe I could just end up saying I don't know. But, but at least I should be able to ask simple questions. Maybe we are not. It, maybe we are not taught to ask simple questions anymore. Maybe. See, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting to the part to to the to to the crux of the problem that I'm uh, that 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 bothers me. Right? That we are. It's it's not where I get my source from. It's how I receive my source of information. I've lost. We've lost the will to question. We've lost the. You know, we we've replaced the will to question with the desire to invent. Yeah, well, we've gone from why to why not. It's much easier to say, hey, whatever he said, why not? Why takes work. Why not takes acceptance. Well, I guess I just think we, we've gone from, from truly trying to achieve mutual goals to just believing everything is despotic everything is a conspiracy you know so, for instance why why do we have to defund the irs so that we can fund israel israel's war again where do these thoughts come from whomever come up came up with these thoughts basically you can give anybody a microphone and an opinion and they will find people who who will listen to them and that's what's going on i mean that's what's happening what, what would how interesting would our education system be globally if every time in, instead of the faculty asking the students the students ask the faculty why faculty gets up there and gives information Shouldn't it really be the responsibility of the of the students to ask why? Well, that's exactly what our curriculum is based on. The the um, lab. Correct. And, and so of course I'm going to say yes. Right. But I, and and I I understand I understand what you say. I, I guess I'm just I I'm also questioning our the capability of us. I think we have been spoon-fed so long that we've that as a nation i'm not going to say everybody but we'll be get you know you know um uh we've created a void of or we've lost capability to ask why and that is what allows these inane baseless cons conspiracies to survive and I would um, debate the fact that we've been spoon fed and suggest that we've been tube fed. <laughs> the spoon fed gives you the, the opportunity to push the spoon away. I'm suggesting we've been held down and tube fed and those people who have enjoyed it will continue to go with it. I, I, 
we have news networks that will be on at the same time producing the same news with completely different opinions. They were well, the news doesn't have an opinion, but that so that is the problem. If we if news we, is not if, news if, is if, not supposed to have an opinion. If we've injected opinions, then it's not news. That is correct. But what we call news networks, which are actually social media networks, have an opinion. We don't have, and, and we, I think we keep talking on this, but we don't have real news. If we, we look at news as being non-biased. We do have news networks. We just don't have a, we also have opinion pieces that are spoofed as news. Correct. Follow the money. And we can't tell the difference. Follow the money. What sells the most advertising? Who gets the most advertising? Follow the money. And they will do whatever is necessary to promote whatever their hot and heavy topic of the day is. Follow the well, money. Well, once again, you've, come, you've gone mercenary on me. But Always. Uh, uh, I still say that there are at least news shows, I shouldn't say news networks, because no network would ever be profitable with, with if it all if all it had was news. I mean, uh, uh, CNN used to be a part of a larger conglomerate. It was a news channel, but then the channels had to become profitable. So now CNN has has a group of shows, some of which are news and some of which are opinions of the news. So right. let, let's go back to Jackson. Okay. You're listening to a network. Would you consider now, that I, the I was listening to a show. Correct. On a network. On a network. Yes. I don't know what else that network does. Right. Well, there's the interesting part because we've got networks now and shows that would you, to some people, that individual that you listen to is the news. Maybe, I, I, I understand that. But, but again, now we're part, I'm trying to parse what your, the comment you made that was so grandiose and inclusive. And I'm saying, I was listening to a show I don't know what other shows was on would be on that network. And my and guarantee so, is that every 10 minutes there was a commercial. So? So follow the money. Somebody uh, is paying. Oh, come somebody on. Is, somebody so, is paying to allow him. If he had no financial support, he wouldn't be on the radio. That That's true. I get that. But let me ask you. So the 530 news that comes on NBC, CBS, and... Uh, ABC, ABC, Fox. and okay, and Fox. Are those news shows, or are those opinion shows? In my opinion, in my opinion, in your opinion, they are closer to news than opinion. Okay, and yet they have commercials. Correct. So, why is that? Why are why are they not influenced by the commercials? They are influenced by the commercials. How? Okay. How are they influenced? Because whichever station has the highest ratings gets more money for the commercials. Number okay. one. And how, number and, two. And so how do they change how do they change the news so that they can get more rating? 
That's a great question. Usually it's the person who's presenting the news and the fashion they're doing it. Correct. Watch something else. If you if you want to go from ABC to NBC to CBS to Fox Local, not Fox National, they all do the commercials at the same time, don't they? That's because most shows do the commercials at a quarter of the hour. If you watch news networks, they are planning their commercials around the other news networks. And that includes MSNBC, CNN, and Fox National. Because they don't want to miss out the opportunities of when other people are speaking. So it's a competitive situation. There is no reason that somebody can't do the news at five after and 20 after, but they all do it at the same time. Try to find, because I do this because I don't like watching commercials and I'll try to jump from one network to another, but there's always a commercial on at the same time. That's I. That's just, they've been doing that for eons. I, I don't know if there's a, I, th- I don't know, I, that there's a uh, strategy. Uh, actually, what I have noticed is that at least on one of those networks, I won't I won't name it because I'm I'm not trying to promote one of, or over the other. But on one of those networks, they actually, and I've noticed this, they actually save a lot of their commercial. They don't break at the normal time. They accumulate the commercials until the end. more toward they get longer and longer uh so yeah so so i take that back they do break at the expected time but they all have a short one minute commercial uh five i mean we're talking about a half hour thing right they got to fit a lot of commercials in but they'll have a short one minute commercial like five minutes into the news and then 10 or 15 minutes they'll have a two or three minutes of commercial and then at 20 minutes, they'll have almost four minutes of commercials. And then after those commercials, they bring in something lighthearted, something, you know, something positive. I mean, you just notice that everybody's got news, sports, weather. Well, yes, the local ones. Yes. On local. The local, yeah, I'm, I'm talking local because that's where this conversation started. It's the it's all about advertising time. Okay. Follow the money. Yeah, well, it's not all okay. Never mind. I'm, I'm not gonna I, look. I do understand that, um, just like us, I mean, uh, we wouldn't be on either if if we had to pay our producer ourselves. We would be I, on, we just might not have anybody listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> we'd still have these conversations because we're not yeah. doing it for the money. No, we're not. For those of you who are listening, we'd be more than happy to do it for the money if somebody wants <laughs> us to do it for the money. Not yeah, to just, say we can be bought. If you'd like us to change our, our messaging, just send us a check. <laughs> well, Phil can't be bought, but I can. Phil can be influenced. <laughs> <laughs> the more zeros, the more influential I yes, am. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we'll sell anything act, for a dollar. Actually, we, we don't need to be bought because, because we actually encourage alternative opinions here. Correct. We may, we, we may we may not accept it no and we before may we get to de- before we get too deep into this whole i do want to thank nationwide again for their support to allow <laughs> us to have these opinions and we do hope that nationwide will continue to believe in us going forward and if they would like us to say anything specific please let us know <laughs> <laughs> yes no actually uh i uh, we deeply appreciate the fact that Nationwide has has shown the courage 
to put us up and and allow us to dig deep into some of these issues. Yeah, Look, well, I, Phil, they, they didn't put us up; they put up with us. That's you're right. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Well, anyway, I I did. I, thanks for indulging me. I just thought that this that it was interesting. This was about as far fetched. I this was as far fetched to me as. Um, the strategy that the Civil War was unnecessary because the, because the Industrial Revolution was right around the corner. All we had to do was wait 25 years. You know, I would bet if you go, when you do go back to Jackson, when the place stops smelling of fish um, or leftovers, <laughs> whatever it was that you left for, um, and you move around the radio stations, I b- believe you will probably find some additional opinion shows on news networks or opinion shows without news networks that have their own opinions, some of which might be even further off the wall than the one you heard. What I did find interesting, though, is you um, you you profiled the news, the broadcaster by his twang. I just said, oh, wow, profiling. Yes, you're right, I, and 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 I and I think I, I I was trying to make it apparent that I had done that. But in this particular case, my profile was based on the profiling disconnect between the Southern drawl and DEI. Let me ask you a question: Did you expect, with if you had heard nothing else but his Southern drawl as he went to commercial? What was in the back of your mind? What was in your subconscious? What were your subconscious expectations of his position before he said another word? What do you mean by his position? His position? Oh, his position on DEI? Yes. What did oh, you? Okay. Where, okay. where did you figure that was going? Without he before he even got into it, where did you figure I, it was going? I figured it was going to go. Well, first of all, I, I must say there was some tension between his language. And as he was, as he introduced the topic and his, and his accent, the language suggested that there might be a chance that he was going to actually have an intellectual discussion about DEI, right? I, I still, as you are inferring, had a expectation that he thought DEI was a useless exercise. So now let's say the same script was presented by a newscaster with a British accent. Yes. I probably, have... I probably would have waited to find out what he was going to talk about. All right. So no bias. No bias. No. What about somebody who had more of a neutral Midwestern or even a Northeastern accent? You get you put too many factors in there for me. All right, so, okay, let's just say a northeastern accent. Somebody, a New Yorker on the radio says, "Come on back, we'll talk." I should try to do a New York accent, but I've done everything. No, I don't could. worry about it. If it was a northeastern accent, which I don't recognize very much, very easily. Again, I had heard nothing prior to this, right? Right, right, right. right? But you heard so, the secret of DEI. Yeah, but if he said the secret of DEI. Then again, I would wait. I would have waited. I wouldn't have had a, much of a bias. You're right. But again, a lot of this had to do with locale. Absolutely. 
as well as well as the accent. Absolutely. Now right. it would have shocked you to have a British accent in Jackson, wouldn't it? No, it would have shocked me if he had come back supporting DEI. Right, because he went in with a profile. <laughs> yes. That so would have shocked it, me. It, it, it is interesting as we sit here talking about this, every time we put something on, we subconsciously judge. Yeah, well, I, I'm the first to, to say that, that, that biases are, uh, exist. That unconscious bias exists, right? I'm just willing to be shocked. And I'm willing to, to pinch myself and say, you know, you shouldn't have done that. I'm glad you were surprised. What I, I, but I was just as shocked that it went further than I expected. This wasn't the normal undermining of DEI. This okay. was a fantastical conspiracy theory. We went, that somebody went, took pain to develop, or maybe he was just throwing it on a wall to see if it would stick. I don't know. What really bothered me there was the absence of the original insult that resulted in DEI. This is the same thing that bothered me about our California friend who, who wrote an article and said that after working in the veterinary profession for 20 years, he has seen no discrimination. To come up with a theory that lame means that you ignore you don't accept the Holocaust occurred. You don't accept that the knee was actually on the neck of the man that died. That you don't accept that slaves were in shackles. You don't accept the original insult. It's all about politics and Marxism. And, and, you, and know, you know what it's all about? Shock jock, Howard Stern, the disc jockeys whose personalities were so abrasive that they became the head on the radio networks. And we know them. We know them by name. Howard Stern being one of them. I'm trying to think of the guy on the other side of the ledger who um, was Don Imus is one. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. This is where people make money as shock jocks. And that's what this guy was doing. What he said shocked you didn't it? it yes but if you want to boil it down to that then i'm gonna leave it at that because yeah, well, I'm, I, I'm saying it's much more insidious than that i'm saying it's not the shock that i'm of course i was shocked but my but it's the it's the distraction of the shock that bothers me more than the shock and I have one other question, and then we're going to wrap this up. Do you think he believes what he was saying, or do you think he was being intentionally outrageous and controversial to get people's dander up or gander up or whatever the correct terminology is? Neither. I, I, I am loath to assign motive, but if I were to, I actually believe he is trying to come up with anything, any explanation that will create lack of support for diversity. Okay. Wait, hold, hold it. Let me finish. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we had a guest on that essentially said, I'm beginning to hear more and more 
that people are just tired of talking about race. They're tired of feeling, they're actually tired of, of feeling ashamed of their history. And they believe that there's an industry out there whose whole, whole job is to make white people feel ashamed. My, my pushback on that is, if that is our history, shouldn't we be aware of it? And it is our job to remind us of our history. Now, how you feel about it should be a result of being human. Do you think I am proud that my ancestors were slaves? Do you think I am proud that my ancestors actually sold my ancestors to slave traders? I mean, we all have something to be ashamed of. The question is, you know, and, and but then we take it and say, and we're teaching our children to be ashamed of America. Well, we should be ashamed of what we did to the native to Native American Indians in taking this land. But we should not be ashamed of the country that we built. But we should be ashamed of how we built it. And we should and we should swear that we're never that we're going to correct our mistakes. I don't understand why we cannot learn our lessons without demonizing somebody. You know, I have no problems demonizing slave owners. I also have no problem recognizing that one of the reasons this country is great is because you had you didn't because because we didn't pay for mo much of the labor that I also am benefiting from. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You want to say one more thing? Your challenge now is to identify the name of the shock jock that you listen to. <laughs> I have no idea. You're the one who called him a shock jock. I didn't think he was so shocking. I thought I just I thought what was shocking was the poorly uh the poorly developed strat strategy he was trying to promote. But he wasn't very shocking to me. He wasn't as good as the three people you've named already. Wasn't so Dennis I, it was a Dennis Prager. Oh yes. That's exactly who it was. Just takes a little Googling to find out some information. Okay. Yes, I do. I, I, the only reason I know that is because I because right after he finished the, his, there was a commercial. I couldn't tell if it was a commercial or not. Is the Prager Institute or something that he he has yeah. a Prager Institute? Yeah. So the, so the whole purpose of this institute is to come up with these fantastical theories. Let me ask you a question. What's more effective? A, a hidden Marxist plan undermining uh, as as the as part of a platform for DEI or gerrymandering a state? Which is more effective in undermining democracy? To me, gerrymandering the gerrymandering the state. Me too. Okay. 
Dennis Prager interviews author David Johnson about DEI in his new book, The Diversity Con. Okay, this is who you were listening to. I'm very happy we've, we've resolved that situation. You can go to Dennis <laughs> You can go to DennisPrager.com to learn more about Dennis Prager and PragerU and everything else. On that note, I've uh, time to shut off the shock jock and move on. Well, thank you for educating me, Peter. I appreciate that. I mean, you, you brought it full circle and I appreciate you for that. Yeah, not a problem. May I suggest that you bring your phone in the car right now and play music and not news? <laughs> and, uh, as I said, I was just I was just running down the stations, and I, and that one caught me. Yeah, um, well, but you know, yeah. it it was entertaining for at least an hour. And another how many minutes? Forty nine <laughs> minutes with me. So that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Phil. Thank you, Nationwide. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you to our twelve listeners, where I think we're up from eleven. And um, thanks to all of you for being a part of a a really courageous conversation. I'm still waiting to understand the secret of DEI. And Phil, maybe you can explain that to me next time. There is no secret to DEI. It's about humanism. There we go. Pure and simple. We'll catch you next time. All right. Thank you for joining us for another courageous conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.